What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. We have some breaking news in the MLB world today as World Series champion left fielder Jock Peterson is now signed with the Chicago Cubs for a one-year, $7 million deal. This comes right after the Chicago Cubs let outfielder Kyle Schwarber go, John Lester, Hugh Darvish, Victor Carantini, and a couple others due to free agency. This is a big move for the Cubs because, honestly, they they had a lot of needs going into this offseason because of the amount of players that they've let go um to me this is this is kind of a very cheap deal this is this is um kind of in the ballpark of what I expected it to be I didn't really want it to be anything more than that frankly because Kyle Schwarber got 10 million dollars now I can see why they wanted Jock Jock is a better defender um he's a better hitter um but he just had a really rough 2020 season he batted I believe 190 which is atrocious um I mean, there's no other way around it. But, you know, you, you just pray that in a full season with a spring training, um, may, it may be, you know, feeling better about going into each game because, you know, with the coronavirus and, and the pandemic, everybody kind of was on edge, I think, the entire season. You really didn't know what was going to happen, especially when teams like the Cardinals literally get COVID-ridden um, and, and they literally ha- have to shut down for almost a month. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very scary thing. So I'll give Jock Peterson the benefit of the doubt. I'll let this happen. Um, now my thoughts on it. I think it's a pretty solid signing. Um, would I rather have Kyle Schwarber hit 30, 40 home runs a year? Yes. Um, but this outfield defensively is going to be the best it's been in years, probably since the beginning of 2016, I want to say. Um, you know, when you had Ben Zobrist out there, Jason Hayward, uh, Dexter Fowler. I mean, it, it just it's a very different outfield now because Jock Peterson is so elite. Um, Ian Happ is an MVP candidate in my eyes for this team, not in the MLB. I mean, that's possible too, but we'll see. Um, he's becoming an elite defender as well. Jason Hayward continues to be that gold glover every single year that we know and love. Um, it, it's going to be a very elite outfield, and I think that's going to be very necessary because of the fact that we're losing so much pitching. Um, we really don't know what's going to happen with the pitching. We don't know what's going to happen with, um, you know, like Adbert Alzelay and, and Braylon Marquez and what's going to happen with that. Are they going to sign guys like we're going to get into in a little bit? Jake Arrieta has a bullpen session this weekend. Jeff Samarja is getting looked at right now by the Chicago Cubs. A reunion with Jeff Samarja. Yes, I said it. The guy who they, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit. But back on to... Um, Jock Peterson, I think it's an amazing, amazing signing, especially because he has recent World Series experience. He understands what it takes to win right now. Um, and hopefully he wakes these guys up. I mean, he's not going to be the hu- the biggest voice in the locker room by any means. But um, I feel like so many of these players just totally forgot what it means to be a World Series champion. And that's one of the biggest issues with the Chicago Cubs right now, in my opinion. You need to get that World Series atmosphere back. And I think David Ross, bringing him in is the right step in the right direction just because it reminds them of 2016. It reminds them of how dedicated they're going to have to be. Um, Chris Bryant on a contract year, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, and Wilson Contreras all on contract years. I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be amazing. I think Chris Bryant might have one of his best seasons yet. Um, if he remains healthy, just because of the fact that he wants that money. He wants that money. He wants to be viewed as the MVP that he was in 2016. And there's no doubt in my mind that he can do that, especially in his second year under David Ross, feeling more comfortable. He did say he wasn't having as much fun um, playing baseball lately because of his frustrations, because of his struggles and injuries and, and trade rumors. You know, 
it, it might start to heat up a little bit towards uh, May, June, but in July, but you know, for the trade deadline. But I think prior to that, I think he might just hit that surge and he might just hit that stride that he's been so desperately needing to find. And and I know that's you know a shot in the dark that I'm taking right now. But when you really think about it, guys go off in contract years all the time. Like it is insane. Um, one of my biggest things right now, and I think it's it's one of the most important comparisons, is Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward's contract year um, with the with the St. Louis Cardinals. That man tore it up, and then we signed him, and then you know he went back to being Jason Hayward. Contract years are very interesting. There's something I think that. Um, nobody really thinks about nobody really, you know, as a, as a fan, you don't think about how that would impact you, but it's the last year you need to perform. It's the last year you're going to be able to do this and get the best of your money. Now, Jason Hayward in 29 or 2015 batted 293, batted 293 <laughs> with St. Louis in, um, how many at bats did he have? 547 at bats. He had 160 hits. Now, ever since then, he batted 230, 259, 270, 251, 265. My point here is years make the difference. And it makes a difference in a player's attitude. It makes a difference, especially if they want out. If they want out and they want opportunities elsewhere that's similar money to the money that they'd be offered by their ballpark right now, um, it, it's, it's honestly a huge game changer. It's something I think that... Um, is one of the most important factors when going into that because are they happy or not? You see Allen Robinson balled out completely this year when he realized he wasn't going to be getting the extension with the Chicago Bears. Um, you see it a lot with the Chicago Bulls. I mean, Zach Levine is continuing to get better, and he mentions that he wants to get paid. He wants another payday. Um, you see this all the time. Now, back to Jock. I think Jock is going to be one of the better hitters for us this season. Um... He did have a rough 2020, uh, 2020, but it's one of those things where I do believe just a change of atmosphere for him I think would be better. I'm not going to say he's going to be one of the best players on this team, one of the best players on this roster. You know, uh, a career 230 batting average, I mean, it's not the greatest, um, but it could definitely be better. It could definitely be improved. It could be something we all look into. Um, his OPS... His OPS uh, in 2019 was at 876, which is pretty average. Um, it was 681 in 2020, which isn't great. It's below average. Um, if you don't understand what OPS is, basically, you want to range from, I would say, 800 to 900 to be average to elite. You know what I mean? Anything over 900 is elite. Is elite talent. Um, so to have about 876 in a full season in 2019 is pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Um, but yeah, so Jack Peterson is a great signing in my opinion. I think it, you know, it is a little cheap to, to let Kyle Schwarber walk, but you definitely upgraded defensively. Offensively, we might have a struggle. It might be one of the harder takes, um, on the Cubs offense if he doesn't produce. But if he does produce and he has that OPS over 800, um, we could be looking at a pretty solid rota- uh, pretty solid lineup. I mean, we don't know exactly who's going to be the leadoff hitter this year, which is a problem I feel like we've entered ever since 2016, um, the end of 2016, when Dexter Fowler left, which I don't understand why we let him walk. But I imagine it would be something like Ian Happ, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, Jock Peterson, Jason Hayward. Um, who else you got? I mean... <laughs> 
uh, Nico Horner, etc., etc. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be very interesting. David Bodie um, is going to be in the mix as well. I hope he continues to stride for uh, success, and I believe he is a very talented individual. Um, I still do believe in David Bodie. I think he was brought up earlier than we thought. He produced well in the beginning, and he's had kind of a had a rough go in in the, in, the, in the last few stretches. Um, but I truly do believe, you know, give him another spring training. They will be solid. We might see Brennan Davis. We might see Miguel Amaya. We really don't know. There's a lot of guys that are going to be bring, getting brought up. Um, I think about Brennan Davis, and I wanted to bring it up right now. I wanted to touch on it. With Jock Peterson coming up, I think that we're going to see a very less chance that Brennan Davis gets brought up. Um, but he could be utilized as bench. He could be... You know, Jock Peterson could be benched, and, and Brennan Davis could eventually take over. Because, like I said, it's only a one-year, $7 million deal. That's not starting money, you know what I mean? Um, but that's, that's, that's all I really wanted to say about Jock Peterson today. I think it's going to be an amazing, I think it's gonna be amazing signing in hindsight um, for the short term. Now, if we're going to rebuild, I don't understand the signing. Because if you can't pay John Lester, like I wanted to transition, why would you pay Jock Peterson? It's one of those things where... If you can't pay Kyle Schwarber, why pay Jock Peterson? Why do this? Why do that? You really don't know. Um, we can do this all day long. My next topic that I really wanted to get into, though, involves John Lester. Um, in a sense, Jake Arrieta is throwing a bullpen session for a bunch of MLB teams this weekend. I believe the Chicago Cubs will be one of those guys going to the to going to that bullpen session. Um, if I mean, if he can still bang, if he can still go, if he looks fully healthy, I say give him a shot. There's also rumors that the Chicago Cubs are going to be giving previous Chicago Cub and White Sox, Jeff Samarja, a shot. And yes, I just got a little quiet because I don't even know how to process that. I don't even know how to have this conversation. It's rough. It really is rough. I don't understand why we would even consider that. Jeff Samarja, back in his day with the Chicago Cubs, wasn't even that solid. That's one of my main issues right now. He was a part of the rebuild um, in 2010 to 2012, whatever it was, whatever his stint with the Cubs was, um, he was around then. Um, he, yeah, right here. <laughs> He's been on the team from 2008 to 2014. He was literally, they, they got rid of him right before the rebuild ended. Um, it's one of those things where I just don't want him back. I just think, you know, his best days are behind him. He's only been an all-star one time in his life. Um, a career 4.15 ERA in 2020, he had a 9.72 ERA. So my main issue, and you could say, oh, well, 2020 doesn't count. Okay. 352 in 2019, 625 in 2018, 442 in 2017, 3.81 in 2016, 4.96 in 2015 with the Chicago White Sox. Um, and then when we traded him, it was a 3.14 with Oakland. This is one of those things. Um, that I just think is ridiculous. If you're not willing to pay John Lester and give him the respect he deserves, you know, you can't even just break another $1 million off of it and you give it to Jock Peterson and Jeff Samarja. It, it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. And, that, and there's a lot of players, I think, if we brought back from the day um, that it would honestly be good for the team. I think if we brought back Starling Castro, it would, be a, it would be a win for us. I think um, if we brought back Dexter Fowler on a very short-term deal in 2022, I think it'd be a very good deal for us. I think there's a lot of different guys that if we brought back, it would be a solid signing. It would be a solid acquirement. But not Jeff Samarja. This would literally influence a rebuild. He is a rebuild pitcher. Um, yeah, he had some good stuff back in the day. Um, 
let's see, what was his best career year? I mean, it, his best career year was his first year. He had a 2.28 ERA. And then the very next year, it was like a 7.58 or 7.53. The next year was an 8.38. I mean, it just, he's just so toxic. I just don't see why this guy would be getting a shot with a World Series contender like the Chicago Cubs. And that's my next point I want to make. Are we a World Series contender? Do you truly do believe that? I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe we're a World Series contender. Based, I believe we're a playoff contender. I believe we can make the playoffs. I believe we can sneak in. But I don't believe we're good enough to actually make it to the World Series, anything past the division round. Based off of the fact that, you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh, we have Jock Peterson now. This lineup is going to be amazing. Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, uh, Contreras, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's all great. That's fine and dandy. But here's my issue that we're going to be coming across every single year. You know, you wish we could have a Jordan, Pippen, Rodman kind of scenario. You know what I mean? The big three, the guys who are going to go out there and bang. You wish you could have like a, excuse me, um, you wish you can have Luol Deng, Derrick Rose, and, and Joakim Noah coming up. Or um, Jimmy Butler, and, uh, Tyler Hero, and, and Duncan Robinson. You wish you could have that. You really do. You wish these guys could just click from day one. And they did click. They clicked at the beginning, but it just it just feels like the more they play together, the worse it gets. I think they all need a change of scenery, except for Anthony Rizzo, pretty much. Um, I think Anthony Rizzo is fine here. Um, but I, I truly do believe maybe Chris Bryant feels like he just needs a change of scenery. We really do, I really don't know. Because when it comes to the playoffs, the bats disappear. And I, I can't explain to you why. It makes no sense to me. Um, I can explain Javi. Javi is very easy. Javi is something I have been studying. I'm no psychologist, but I can tell you that Javier Baez gets in his own head when it comes to the playoffs or when he starts heating up. When Javier Baez starts playing at a very elite level, he starts getting careless. He starts getting reckless. He starts thinking as long as he swings the bat, he's going to make contact and hit a home run. That's how I view Javier Baez. I love him to death. He's one of my favorite players. I got his jersey the first day um, he came up. I believe it was like 2014 or 2013. Whenever it was, I bought his jersey. Um, I was at his first game at Wrigley Field with my mom and my dad, and it was awesome. And, and I love him, and I love him so much. But it is just a fact that I cannot deny anymore. Um, he just needs to get that figured out. Once he gets that figured out, we'll be perfectly fine. Um, Chris Bryant, once you get healthy and, you know, you, you figure out whatever's going on with you, um, I'm rooting for you. you. You know, everything will be perfectly fine. Anthony Rizzo, all you got to do is stay healthy. I love him. The back issues are continuing to struggle with him. Um, and that's completely understandable. And But as long as everything, and, and, and I know anybody on any team can say this, as long as everything's perfect, we're going to be fine. Um, that's just not the case, though, because at the end of the day, the same issue we've been having, it seems like for every single year since the rebuild ended, is the bullpen. Even in 2016, that was an issue because we didn't have a role as chairman until the end, uh, towards the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> one of my biggest flaws right now and I think it's what people aren't realizing is <clears throat> one thing you could do is have Braylon Marquez coming out of the bullpen. You can have him throwing 100 miles per hour plus. You can have Jeremy Jeffress um, and so many others and Craig Krimble and, 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 all, and maybe even bring back Pedro Stroke because he was on the team in 2020. He just wasn't fully healthy yet. Um, you can have an amazing – you have Kyle Ryan and so many others, um, Dylan Maples. I mean, it just – the list goes on and on. But Braylon Marquez would be one of the most important factors into that. Now we can't have that. 
because it seems like we're going to need him to be in the starting rotation full time um, because of the fact you let you Darvish go, because of the fact that you let John Lester walk. Um, it's just it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to me. It's frustrating as a fan. Um, and, and I promise you it's frustrating for uh, David Ross as a coach. I mean, it's one of those things where you really don't know. And speaking on David Ross, we're going to be talking about the John Lester situation real quick. Um, David Ross wrote something very nice about him. And, and I thought, wow, like, you know, you really do wonder how he truly feels about it. And it's, it's kind of nerve wracking because you really, you know, you wonder what's going to happen now. Um, here's what David Ross said about John Lester. He made this amazing post. It was super nice. Um, it, it really, it really sheds a tear to your eye. He said, we all know what kind of player this man is, but what you don't get to see is how big his heart is. Just wanted to post something to let everyone know how thankful I am for this man. Thanks, John, for all you do, all you did in my career, my family, and most, mostly thanks for your friendship. You and your family have been there for me in some of my best and toughest times in my life. The places you took me on and off the field were literally nothing short of amazing. Big markets, big games, parades, golf trips, plane rides, and especially the two rings. Not sure I have the words, the words except I love you and I will miss you, left-hander. Wow. Um, that was really nice. It's one of those things where I feel like David Ross took this job, a part of why he took this job, is because of John Lester, is because of Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Baez, and all the guys he's friends with um, on the Cubs. He wanted to be a part of that. He wanted. To, he misses the guys. Um, of course, he wants to be a manager in baseball as well, but I think this was the perfect place and perfect scenario for him to come into this. Now, here's what me and Kevin Lopka discussed um, a few videos back. You can check it out on the YouTube channel or on the podcast. I have a Cubs talk with Kevin Lopka. Um, we talked about David Ross and the future of him with Jed Hoyer because Theo Epstein made that signing. Theo Epstein was so close with him and John Lester. So the fact that, you know, um, Jed Hoyer did this to John Lester, who's to say he wouldn't fire David Ross in a few years from now because that's not the manager he would have picked. Um, and, and, and you see that a lot because you Darvish wasn't the signing for Jed Hoyer. That was Theo's decision. Boom, got him out of here. Um, you know, and with Ross, who says he wants to stay? Because he wanted to play with Lester, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and all those guys. And now they're gone. Well, they're not gone, but Lester's gone. There's a good chance that Bryant's gone. Baez could leave. Wilson Contreras could leave. Rizzo, we don't know um, what will honestly happen with that. But it's a very interesting scenario. And I really just, I don't know what it means going forward for the Chicago Cubs. Um, my next point that I, my final point that I want to make is the Jake Arrieta bullpen session. I think that's what needs to happen. I don't want Jeff Samarja. I don't want, you know, um, prospects coming up too early than they should because, you know, we need to win now. I, I think that's, that's so heavily overrated. You see guys get ruined all the time. You see guys get exposed all the time. Um, like Nick Madrigal. Love Nick Madrigal and the Chicago White Sox, but his base running is atrocious. <laughs> it really is. His defense needs to get better. Um, and it gets exposed because you get brought up a little bit too early, in my opinion. Um, so I don't want to see guys that are coming up too early than they should. I really do think that Jake Arrieta is the best signing for us. If he's healthy, if this bullpen session works out, I think that's the future. I mean, uh, for the next two years, two, three years, maybe you even give him a one year deal, but I think you just need to get that rotation solidified. You have right now, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Adbert Alzali, Braylon Marquez, um, and that's it. I mean, you could bring up Cole Franklin. I, I, I suggest you shouldn't if he's not ready. 
Um, but, you know, knowing them, they probably would. There's a lot of th factors that go into this. We've lost Jose Quintana, Tyler Chatwood, John Lester, Hugh Darvish. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is the only returning solidified starter that started in the opening day uh, rotation. Now, Eber Alzali was on the team, but he wasn't brought up yet. So it's, it's, just, it's just really frustrating to know that we lost four of those guys. Um, and, and a couple of them were just a couple million dollars away from staying. I mean, John Lester would have stayed. And that's one of my biggest issues right now. Um, no doubt in my mind, we could have used him for another year. If this is one of our final years contending, why did we let Big John go? The reason we got the championship. Our biggest free agent signing ever. Um, that's all I really wanted to say. I hope this weekend is great for Jake Arrieta. I hope Jeff Samarja does not get the job. But if he does, it is what it is. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out and go Cubs.